It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. Hello and welcome to WFO Radio. I'm Joe Costello and on this edition of WFO Radio NHRA Nitro, we'll be connecting with Leah Pruitt from Don Schumacher Racing, driver for Mopar and Dodge, and coming in off a big season in 2020 and looking to improve and get even better in 2021. want to remind everybody, yesterday we had Angel and Alan Reinhardt. It was great stuff. It is in the archive. And tomorrow, it's looking like we're going to be able to connect with Ron Tobler, speaking of Don Schumacher Racing, Ron, who is hanging up the keyboard as a tuner in the Nitro ranks for the Napa team. But we're going to kind of do an exit interview with Ron and just look back at his amazing career. For those of you out there on the Facebook, YouTube and Twitter, uh, Leah, just a couple minutes away and super excited to catch up with Leah. But first, I got to tell you about the people who make it all possible. I'm talking about Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology, TotalSeal.com. Matt Hartford and that team getting geared up for 2021. Also, Marvin Rodak, Rodak's Coffee and Grills.com, Gourmet Coffee, Hot Sauce, Spice Rub, everything good that's Rodak's. Samtech.edu, the School of Automotive Machinist and Technology. Start your education at full speed. And Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. I think Frank Hawley might come up a little bit when we speak with Leah in a few minutes. You don't have to be trying to drive a top alcohol dragster. You might just be a fan who wants a little bit of a thrill. They've got the Dragster Adventure Program coming up on March 19th. Go to frankhawley.com. Uh, all coming up. Plus, later on in the show, I'll tell you how to get a WFO radio face covering. But let's not waste any more time. Let's bring her on the show. And super excited to catch up with Leah Pruitt. Leah, welcome back to WFO. How are you? Doing awesome. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. I always love being on because you know what that means? That means that it's we're either talking about a good thing that happened in racing or we're about to go racing. So yes. I feel it's right. coming on. Exactly. It is coming on. And you know, last year, uh, you had such a great year, but it was a bizarre year and it was the schedule that was so jumbled up. We didn't have you on WFO at any point in 2020. Um, but we're breaking that trend early on in 21 and I'm excited to talk to you about the season and I'm excited to talk to you about many different factors, but let's go back to 2020, uh, bad year. No, let's not go there. Let's start with what's important. I understand that the past couple of days, no, you, 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 your father passed away and you're dealing with a personal tragedy. And I just wanted to say, before we get into the racing stuff, what matters the most is that, um, my deepest condolences to your loss. I know that that's something you've, you've dealt with and been dealing with and, um, you know, I'm sorry. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, um, it is a, a personal thing, but how, however, I appreciate a lot of the fans and fellow racers because I have, I've, I raced because of my dad and, you know, he started me in it and, uh, and raced with nostalgia, funny cars and, and advanced ET. And he always, you know, he's always the biggest proponent of if I did ever make it big time racing that I, that I would do well. And uh, I know that he, he was super proud. And, uh, I just want to thank everybody who's ever supported me with my dad along the way. I know that, you know, sometimes he was just a very interesting character to be around. Um, but he's the, you know, who he was is the person that he made me to be. And, uh, one of his telltale mottos that he lived through life and instilled in my sister and I was a uh, hard work, dedication, and focus. I mean, when my sister and I got up yesterday to do our eulogies, I was after her because I'm younger, and I was like, everybody, 
promise we didn't compare notes. Like <laughs> a lot of our stories are the same, um, but those that's the motto we live by. And I actually had, had got some tattoos touched up when I was um, at home in California. And, and I had got, you know, the acronym for hard work, dedication and focus somewhere where I can see all the time. And it uh, reminds me of him and I still continue to feel like I race with him. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a good feeling. That's great. Be a good year. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, um, the emotions of that kind of deal, we talk about it all the time that this sport of drag racing, it's really hard to get into it. If you don't have someone that leads you into it. Uh, some people do don't get me wrong, but, uh, you know, for, for a dad to put his little girl in a junior dragster and send her out there to compete and then for you to compete and be successful at the highest levels, um, you know, that's, that's a victory right there. And that's our sport. It's families. It's a family sport. And so, uh, obviously deepest condolences to you and your family. And, and, um, you know, it's something that I dread, frankly, I'm lucky my dad is still with us, uh, to this point. And given the pandemic, it's always on my mind. And so, I'm thinking about you with that. And, and that having been said, though, you know, it's 21. Racing is not for, far off. And you've got to be excited given what you did last year, the way your car ran and that you were in the points right up until St. Louis. You were right in the middle of it. It is a it's a phenomenal time to be starting into into the season, of course. You know, just talking recently with my crew chiefs about what our t plan of attack is, you know, from what we had last week to what we have this week even changes. And, and, and just from, you know, what we're doing with which car, you know, are we starting off with the same chassis as last year, um, which was the original plan, but instead we're going to start off with the one Tony Schumacher was running, which was our spare car. So our spare car will be primary car, new front half, new back half. That way we actually start we, we want to start out of the gate with something and develop with something and know in our back pocket that our spare car is something that we can rely on and go back to if we need to so just that type of conversation of course the things that we're not just surviving with but we're thriving in and we're talking about what is the next step and it'd be kind of foolish to say that we all don't that we don't all have challenges throughout the pandemic right of how to get back racing and what does that mean but i'm here to tell you that this Mopar team, we're not, we're not just participating in the 2021 season. Um, we have taken every single opportunity of time to delve into what can we do better and greater and more efficient and, and work on that. That's going to focus us on our team to be better than we were last year. And, you know, you know, we have, we've had crew guys that were working and then not working and coming back in there in the shops and we're ready to rip. And we just, I was fortunate enough to go to Bradenton a couple weeks ago and smell, uh, you know, smell the cars and drive Mark's a factory car and, and, you know, get my first sense. And the guys at the fuel shop, they're just, you know, we're just itching. We're just itching for that first nitro itch or smell. But I, I have to say that this year is, yeah, whoa, right there. Yep. Hiked <laughs> up, higher set down. Uh, you get the, you get the chills. Um, and that's not, that's not something you just jump right back into. Um, you know, it's not exactly just like a bicycle. Uh, you know, it's a 330 mile an hour bicycle. And you have to, as a driver, I'm doing exactly what I did last year when we had that time off. I made sure I thought every single day, multiple times a day, about different scenarios of driving a car. And that's, I never had that time before. And that helped me mentally prepare, right? We don't have simulators. Simulators right here. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's how I've been training. 
Uh, I've had my practice tree. Some people probably know by now I broke my right foot in um, in December, and I've been mending that for two months, and I'm ready to rip. I'm basically out of my boot, and uh, it's a very scary time, <laughs> but no better yeah. time than in December to do that. So um, thank you, uh, Facebook users, for condolences. I don't, know, dad, so. I don't know how you did that. Is that something you can share with us? Uh, a broken foot is not fun but people don't realize how i mean it sounds you know obvious that your foot is important especially to a drag racer but people don't realize like when you break a foot it destroys your life it stops everything from happening you're completely right so and i, I kept it secret for a little while to kind of figure out what my recovery path was was looking like um but i broke my fifth metatorsal uh in a kickboxing incident in december and I've never really broken a bone before. And luckily, um, you know, I'm, I'm with Tony and he's broken lots of bones and had lots of recovery instances. And it's kept me on the very um, kind of delicate, straight and narrow to make sure the number one priority is is healing that. So basically it's the it's the outside bone of, of the and it's the right foot. So that's been what what's that what that has done to me though is and I, I tell people, I go, you haven't seen me snowboard, wake surf, wakeboard, hike, bicycle, anything in two months. That's cre created a lot of muscle atrophy. And uh, so now I'm in the personal process. Lost, I lost a lot of muscle weight and I'm gaining, you know, the right ones back. So it's a, I think it's actually a blessing in disguise. Um, so maybe we'll have a lighter race car this year and uh, <laughs> be able to put that weight where we want. And maybe that'll help us get to where we want to go. Wow. You know, I had a boxer's fracture back uh, back in the day. This one right it happened right here. Right. And, uh, you know, the fist was just not tight enough, I guess, but <laughs> destroyed my world for a long time. I can't even imagine someone as active as you. But I can't help but think, though, that you went through an incident like you did in St. Louis and you're like, no big deal. And then in the offseason, you're having a little fun and you end up on the mend. Um, speaking of that incident, it was voted the number two incident of the NHRA 2020 campaign. It was a shocker. Uh, I was watching on NHRA.tv and I was blown away. I can't imagine what it was like for you being in the, in the cockpit. We have the video. Can I play that for everybody out there and have you like walk us through afterwards? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's All right. Now, Reinhardt on the call, St. Louis. This was a big moment. We're going to speak with Leah, uh, about this after the video. Twist of the screw for the idle adjustment. The signal to the driver. Leah racing for her points light. Tony just racing for fun. Leah's car blows the whole body off of it at the top end of the racetrack. That thing just disintegrated. Tony Schumacher got the win, but that was the craziest thing I've seen. It's like the whole front of the car just disintegrated down there. Leah's car has come to a stop, and she is already opening the capsule. And Leah Pruitt climbs out of what's left of that Don Schumacher race car. Holy smokes. I think she hit the gas. It washed out. It moved towards the center line. Those two were glued together. They were four thousandths apart at 330. And there you have it, Alan Reinhardt on the call. Of course, NHRA.tv, 
uh, Leah, to go through that and get out the way you did, like modified Raymond Beetle style back in the day. It was spectacular. We were thrilled you were all right. You got right back into the car, but my goodness, uh, you, you sound more shaken up by the boxing injury, the kickboxing injury, but uh, what was it like to go through that? <laughs> Well, I kind of want to go through backwards of watching that. Um, I, I watch it about every week because it'll come up in conversation or the partner yeah. or something of that sort. But first and foremost, um, right, I was more safe getting out of that race car than I was in a kickboxing incident. And so that's a, right, a testament to Joe Fitzpatrick, Dan Murphy, our entire fabrication shop team at DSR, DSM, um, for building a race car that kept me completely safe through a very traumatic incident like that. Me getting out uh, very abruptly, that's something that Frank Hawley taught me and Jack Beckman. And then in those moments, I even thought, like, they've had a lot more incidences like that than I have. And you get out and then you, you, it was actually like, I even thought about let everyone know I'm okay. That's what that was. And then I didn't really even know if I was okay, but I felt like I was okay. But as going backwards through that run, um, you know, I remember every single portion of it from how exactly it felt when I left the line. I hit the gas, went left a little bit, I steered it right, and I'm like, man, that's a really big, a really big correction to be having this early in the run by the time I'm at the tree. And then it starts left again, and I'm like, man, is that a hole? Like with this, we don't typically put out holes. It's been a while. I mean, it's really only one or two, maybe a season where it's early in that run. And I'm like, this is the second round. You know, Tony Schumacher's in the other lane. You you drive your you're gonna drive that car and put it in that groove and you're gonna get it to the finish line first. Like that's that's the small job that we have, right, as these race car drivers. So when I made the right move and it goes left again and I make this and I make another right move, but the second right move that I made was I went from looking at straight down the dragway and, and have my focal point to now it's no longer there and now I see now I don't see the racetrack anymore and that's when I got out of the throttle and the cars bowed like this I'm like this is not right I got out I can see the injector blades close the engine's still running and as it comes more I'm gonna break this up real quick because at Thanksgiving dinner god bless her heart my great aunt she's like 90 something she goes Leah <laughs> she's I saw your crack up I'm like, what? I was like, you mean my accident? Yeah, your car, it cracked up. And I'm like, oh, my, thank you. Um, thanks, thanks, Graham. Uh, but at that moment when I had, I'd seen, I'd seen the scoreboards, and then I no longer saw the scoreboards. And in that moment, I mean, I clearly know this is not right. This is not okay. I can't steer anymore. A flash of factory stock came in my mind because we hiked those wheelies high and they're early and you stick with them. And then you, you have your focal points of, or your reference points of like, am I square based on how I left? So about a, you know, a millisecond of that thought went in my mind. And I was like, no, this is not your factory car. This is the fuel car. This is, and then it was free. It was so silent. I mean, the engine's running, but it was the silent, most silent thing I've ever heard of, right? The t no tires are on the ground and I'm up in the air. And I'd like to say that, I was able to take credit for pulling the parachute, but I was not. We have all these safety mechanisms from front wheel sensors to pan pressure to transponders to our box at the starting line to, um, uh, to wing intrusion deployment, all of those things. Um, but ultimately, between it being suspended in the air for that amount of time and the amount of lead that we had and the good Lord looking down upon, 
that lever was pulled by him. And that is what ultimately brought the car back from completely pirouetting and bringing it down. And the impact really wasn't so bad. I mean, I, I had some percussions from that afterwards, but that's how I got to walk away was it dropping on the ground and uh, how how safe I was inside it. And the very first thing in my mind was like, get this thing. I'm holding on to the steering wheel. I know that there's nothing there, but I'm pulling on the brake and just trying to get this thing to stop. And um, and my emotions after that were so, I'd never experienced an incident like that. I was in shock of what had happened, two, upset that we lost, um, three, glad I was okay, four, had first round of factory stock to run right after that, that we really, you know, we had something to show in that. And, and five was, well, that was our spare car in the other, like if we won, by any, by any means, if we would have won that round somehow stayed in our own lane, whichever. Tony was racing our spare car. So we didn't have a spare car to go into the next round. So what that, what that, those moments right there, what that really did for us in the rest of the season and coming into 2021 was, right, our preparation and what we need for everything that could happen from mentally to, to parts-wise to strategy and, and dynamics with the car, everything. So it really was a blessing in disguise in every way. Um, safety wise and in preparation for this year. So I'm wow. yeah. a valuable experience. I love that you guys have made it. I'm a big believer in, you know, turning a negative into a positive and what you went through is not ne- ne- a good thing ever, but to take the best out of it and learn from it and apply it. And now here in 21, you've got, you've got the experience under your belt. It's nothing people don't understand. There's nothing the driver is going to be able to do. I found it interesting that, Whatever it was that was happening is probably what you were describing as you're feeling like this car is not handling like it normally does. Something is something is happening at the micro level early on and you're sensing it, you're feeling it and you're getting all that feedback. And for people out there thinking about how fast you have to be thinking all these thoughts while you're getting all this feedback in the time to just watch that race, it's hard to take it all in amazing amazing breakdown of that and thank you for doing that i you know i don't like to talk to racers about crashes too often but that one was just so intense and you were able to use it and go forward so i think it was valuable absolutely correct and thank you yep and we've we've learned you know what but the what the one million percentage of a, of a problematic you know incident that happened on that run that, that made that happen and you know rules have We've, we've fixed that. We moved on already in that, in the 2020 season with that. And that's what we're moving forward with. So yes, we're cool. We've got some people out there. I'm ready to race. (laughs) But you are Krista Baldwin checking in. Everybody's ready to race Leah. Seriously. uh, I was at the divisional race this past weekend. I know you've been doing some stuff. Uh, I do want to ask you about a couple of different things as we get going. Um, But you know, you've been stealing some headlines even while not racing with, uh, you know, AP and big stories, the let's call it, you know, celebrity racer relationship with Tony Stewart has got a lot of people captivated. And I think those things are good for the sport. Honestly, I really do because people, you know, they, they like to follow their racers all the time throughout their lives. That's why social media and your social in particular is so popular because you show your life everywhere, whether it be the wakeboarding or hanging in the mountains, et cetera, and so on. What has it been like to be involved with someone who is maybe one of the few people busier than you are? It's been, uh, 
Uh, it's been fun for one. Um, it's been educational. It's what a lot of people don't know, and and we're fine sharing it now. But like we're going on a year of being together, Tony and I, and we kept it very private in the beginning. This is before Gainesville um, ever was shut down, so like the very beginning of the pandemic last year, and we're hanging out, and then we get quarantined together, and we didn't tell anybody. Like, what if we? What if we really don't, what if we don't like each other, right? What if, what if we actually, what if we don't make it and we don't want to jeopardize that? So by the time the first indie race came about and people first started finding out that we were dating, we were already, you know, five months in or so and felt very comfortable. And for me, um, as a racer for the majority of my life, to have the perspective shared from him as a series owner, right? From the all-star sprint cars, uh, the foundation owner, Tony Stewart Foundation, to uh, Eldora Speedway, the, the new SRX series, and then being um, a sprint car team owner, all of that, every single one of those dynamics, as well as still as a driver, um, makes you appreciate every aspect of the sport. And that's something that I got to do in 2020 and even now um, from partnerships to, you know, why do people do certain things? Why are series making these adjustments? And, 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 and you, I hear other drivers and teams grapple and I go, they're doing the best that they can. They're making a they're making a decision and for a purpose and that purpose is a greater purpose to some extent that unless you have this like whole roundedness um you know vision it's hard to see and so Tony has helped me see that and I've applied that to my life now it was a it was definitely and it still is difficult our major partners are complete competitors right right from Dodge Pennzoil Okuma um to sunglasses everything so what we've got to do in the last couple months is which is fun is uh things that we love together and great partnerships with like with a boat right neither of our teams have boat sponsors and we've now aligned with supra and we've designed our own boats we debut them next weekend in indy and it's like going to be a runoff of kind of who created the cooler boat i hope i hope you guys vote for mine uh, oh hey you hear that uh, drag race fans vote for leo <laughs> um and and so it's it's been awesome. We did have a huge calendar out, and I thought, man, we there's something to be said with staying quarantined with somebody for seven months or so, and then you think, and you, you do know them, and then your life switches, and you turn on all the gears of of everyone's schedules, and we've been able to make that work, which is why I look forward to 2021. So people can expect to see Tony at the majority of races this year, probably only on Sunday. Um, so I'll have his races and, and then come in and, um, and if I'm not at a drag race, then probably at an all-star sprint car race. And I'll answer a question very easy. No, I'm not getting the sprint car. So, uh, <laughs> we have but, enough to do in the drag racing world, but there's gotta be cross pollination and Tony coming into stock car racing in 1999. That's really when I started doing my show in Miami and I like approximately 1999. And so his and my paths have crossed many times doing NASCAR stuff. I worked on NASCAR radio, but I'm a drag racer. And I know Tony is like in the AJ Foyt model of I'll drive anything and I want to drive everything. And so throughout the years, over the years, I would always hit him. You know, I was always hit him like, Hey man, you haven't driven a top fuel dragster yet. So it's just not like a complete resume just yet. Not yet. And he would always address it. Like he wants to, he can't wait. It's something he wants to do at some point in the future, but obviously I'm a very busy guy. And I always, of course, accept that as the truth. You got him in the car, man. Frank Hawley's drag racing school. 
The video was awesome. And to see you and Tony and Frank going through this process that, you know, it's an educational process. And here's a guy got a world of knowledge, but now he's in something totally different. I found that to be very interesting. He ran the super comp car, he ran the top alcohol car. What was that like for you going through that process, like instructing, but letting Frank instruct and, you know, we all saw the video and the video was great, but what was it like? It was, uh, so going into it, Tony knows, first of all, he wanted to take Frank Hollies because he wanted to understand drag racing even more. He's had the opportunities from, you know, Don Schumacher will say, come on, get your fuel license, like, go get top fuel, like, you can do this. Well, Tony has such a respect for the sport, all motor sports in general, and for the peers of, no, I am going to crawl before I walk, before I run, and all of these things, and really see if I even like it. He, you know, he was afraid that, he wouldn't like it. Uh, you know, it seems like there's not a lot to do going down the track. And he learned that immediately, I think. And I can't particularly speak for him, but we spent so much time on the uh, on, on what you do in the car before you hit the gas, right? From how you start it up, you burn out, you back up, your visor down, you're in gear, your transfer, whatever it might be, um, to leaving. And, you know, it took a couple of days for him to feel comfortable doing that. And for me, I had to actually have conversations with myself because the first time I went to Frank Holly's was in the middle of the countdown or the, the championship hunt last year. So I'm in my mindset, ready to rip, headed into, I think, Dallas, Houston, Dallas, something like that. And so teaching the fundamentals to Tony with Frank, and I would sometimes leave the classroom because I was taking in what Frank was helping me with. And I wanted to make sure I knew how to use them appropriately and maybe not. And he'll even say, it, you know, there's great things to learn, but maybe right in the middle of a championship hunt isn't a time to, to take them in. So we came right. back. Tony went back to Frank Holly's um, three weeks ago or so and made more laps than the alcohol car, get more acquainted, he's got his license. And, uh, and I was up there, you know, staging in the other lane every time simulating what it's like for someone to sure. be courteous or not. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Or not. And and I will say he cut a trip zero, something I haven't yet to do in in a real big car. Of course, now that was a guess because I was hanging him out and he was ready to rip. But it doesn't <laughs> matter. He cut it. And so it was, it was funny. He's giving J.R. Todd some crap and, and some, you know, Austin Prock and, and jokes that like, what are you, this is, what are you guys talking about? This is you know, it's followed up by a 130. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think Here's the rumor that I started on the show. First of all, Alan Reinhardt and I, each week, we've been talking about and speculating about like when this would happen. And Reinhardt said that he had mentioned on the show that after Vegas might be a good time and it didn't work out, but that had obviously gotten back to you guys and all. And so I've been running with it. I just think that going down the track fast is not going to be enough for him. The competitive experience is what drives most drag racers that I know. Sure, we all love to go as fast as we can afford to go. Yeah. But at some point, the someone in the other lane that wants to get to the finish line ahead of you is really what drives people and the chance to compete and turn on a win light. And I'm just thinking that you're already trying to plant the seed so that he tries to go for that experience. I think so. there's two parts. I have two answers to that. Um, if Tony decides to take drag racing seriously and, and compete, um, 
I know that he will be great because he will not let anybody get in his mind. He is so he is so focused on the dynamic of being perfect and so frustrated with drag racing in a good way that there's not a lot of times to fix your mistakes like, at all. If you made one the next run, you better not make that mistake or another one. And to be the pursuit of perfection in drag racing is what gets you the yields the best result. So if he does end up pursuing it, I'm very scared for anybody that will have to race against him. I wow. I, I know that. Um, on the on the second side of things, is that's something that I picked up from him. You know, my performance increased at the end of 2020, and that's because I am no longer cared who I was against in the other lane. I had my own, I've always had, you know, my own team. I got my own guy having my back. We're talking about race and focusability and, and just, and focusing on, on ourselves. And so that's how he has been able to have, you know, it's, it's seven championships, three cup championships. And, and yes, you know, someone else is there and I think that's why, you know, my perspective into 2021 there's a lot of new competitor competitors that are coming back in, right? Hopefully Brittany and Salinas and Torrance is out, you know, with the crown and all that. There could be a hundred of them out there. There could be one of them out there. Like I know what I need to do and what my team needs to do. And if we do that, right. Just like Tom Brady said with the, um, the last Super Bowl, it's just confidence in yourself and focusing on yourself and, and I'm starting the season like that, just as I ended in 2020. And I feel that is what is going to take to everybody else can focus on Steve and, 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 and all that. When meanwhile, I'll be focusing on how to not make myself a 70 driver or a 50 driver, but a consistent 30 driver. And that's what it's going to take to win. That is what it's going to take to win. And we've seen it, you know, over the years, uh, since we're talking about this, one of the one of the things, you know, everybody's got strengths and weaknesses, right? Things that are their strengths, things that are their weaknesses or things that they're, you know, getting better on. And uh, on the starting line, I know people, certain people would like try to switch it up on you to try to like put you in a bad spot, et cetera, to get psychological, uh, if you will. And to hear that and think about how and when you're able to work through that. And now you just told us like, some of the uh, experience and expertise that you're bringing um, from, from speaking with someone who has been on the other side of it, Tony Stewart, that is so good to be able to put that out of your mind and try to take that uh, who's in the other lane totally off the table. I think a big part of it, just because right, we're friends here and those that are watching our friends, family, fans is a personal life has a huge part to deal with. I've lived my whole life my entire life at the drag races and have made my whole life about drag racing and to be able to, right. I no longer live in Indiana. I live in sunny Arizona to be what it means to be a professional driver, to bring that skill and talent, to be that driver and even remove yourself from that, um, from, from that world. If that's what you have to do, then, then, then that's what you have to do. And maybe that's what I had to do to be, to be great is not, you know, live every single moment of every single day. Um, I do business wise and you know, I work for a tech company on the side that we integrate platforms to, to hire, you know, to, to raise ROI for our partners. Like I'm in it in every way, but I'm not living it physically in every way. So when I go to the drag races, it's, it's, it's not about the hanging out at the pits later on. It's not about what's happening on a Thursday night or how late you can stay Sunday. No, it is, 
It is about your team and this car and being the best. And, you know, like, like I love Doug Coletta. He, he is so focused all the time and he flies in. He's got a business to run during the week. He flies in, he gets the job done and he flies out. And, you know, drag racing isn't his life. And that's what I think maturity, right, goes through its waves. And then, you know, I'm in a, you know, a wave of, of my maturity journey of drag racing and started from juniors and hopefully have established myself enough to, you know, right, be a professional race car driver. And then what is that next step for me? And everyone is different. Um, so it is about literally staying in your own lane. Interesting. It is about staying in your own lane. So true. And also, uh, you know, what, what do you like just a 32 recently, something like that. I think, yeah. I think that's the age where people mature period. I know you can, you know, go into the military at 18 and you can vote at 18. You can drink at 21. You can rent a car at like 26. But what's up with that? But really, I feel like most people genuinely get comfortable with who they are in their early 30s. They become the responsible person that they're going to be for the rest of their lives in their early 30s. And you're to that point now, and it's just great to see you uh, becoming that person. All right, so let's talk 2021 competition. Gator Nationals, Emily Motor Oil, NHRA Gator Nationals are in a few weeks. And there's is there going to be testing, for instance, for your team, DSR, where are you going to test? What are you going to test? Give us that that platform. Sure. So what 2021 looks like for us, for, for me particularly, is back running two cars uh, for the multiple year in a row. This season at Gainesville, we will be debuting, finally, the 2021 Mopar Drag Pack. Um, so right there, we had last year's edition and we've been in development with the new Drag Pack for two years. I was I got to be the very first one to drive it in development about two years ago. And as we would be testing in 2019, we'd bring out the new one and man, we'd have security everywhere, all of that. Uh, but what SRT has been able to do now and through you know approvals with NHRA and chassis specs, we've now on the 3.0, um, we get to compete with this new car. Now, don't have all the answers of the testing situations. We've, um, you know, we had planned, I do wanna say we had planned to go to Orlando to race, um, to race with, you and Wes, and of yep, course there was that. Sure. Yes, uh, of course Factory Stock was invited there this year, uh, but because we're focused on a proper debut for Gainesville, we will be not attending the Orlando event. However, will be uh, the fuel team will of course be at the protest session at West Palm Beach, Florida, uh, the week before Gainesville, testing there, getting you know, whew, getting off of this winter break and. Yeah getting our chassis back on the track and then headed over into Gainesville. So, you know, this is the first time that we've ever started the season. I, it, it, most of us have ever start, anyone has ever started in, um, in Gainesville. And so I think that's going to be a real treat for the fans. You know, uh, the, the Southern fans have had to always watch and see Phoenix and Pomona have to happen and wait for the debut on the, on the East coast where now it's, uh, it's, it's all there. And I think it's very proper and and I can't wait to literally get out of the gate with brand new mentality, brand new race car. Um, you know, my same team still have Todd Okahara, Neil Strasba, and the majority of my guys. And uh, and it's it's going to be a great it's going to be a great start to the season. So in two weeks, when we go out to Florida, like I'm in Florida for a whole like month, month and a half. So oh, wow. enjoying time here. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, you just get ready for a little humidity and you won't have straight hair anymore. The uh, Palm Beach International Raceway test, that's my closest track. I love the idea you're going out there. I won't be there because I'll be at Wes's race, the World Door Slammer Nationals. But I can tell you that the South Florida fans are ready for you guys to come. They're super excited about it. People are already texting me about it. And uh, that is a great program. And, um, you know, who knows what the future holds? A lot of people have talked about Gainesville. All right, two final questions. You've been so gracious with your time already. Uh, first, let's uh, face it. You already mentioned the Capco team. They're doing something special, right? Special team, special race. They're on the top of the mountain. You, you mentioned Tom Brady. I think about, you know, someone's got to knock the person off the top. They're never just going to walk away. They're just, I mean, maybe, but someone always knocks the guy off the top. Someone sure. is eventually, it might be them. Who knows? Maybe they have a bad year or maybe someone steps it up. Can Leah Pruitt knock the Capco team off the top with her guys, her Mopar Don Schumacher racing team with Todd Okahara and Neil? Are you guys ready to be the guys that knock Steve Torrance and Capco off the top of the mountain? I can tell you, Joe, that we're not going just to get that the, the, the entry ticket into the Gator Nationals for 2021. Um, if there's anybody that can do it, we are definitely that team and that driver. Now, we can't outspend them, but I guess we can outwork them. And if we can outwit them and outplay and outlast and all the survivor things that are with it, that's what it's going to take. Um, they do. They've, they've, they've got all of the great resources and all the great things, but it's not impossible and it can be done and it lies within the heart. And the heart of Steve and the Laganas and everyone there is incredible. Yes. But the Hawaiian punch and Neil and our team and what we went through last year of creating a second team with Corey Mack, which was awesome. Bringing Tony Schumacher back in, you know, we had a lot of, we had a lot of distractions that a lot of people don't know of. So for us to start 2021 focused on our team and, and, and our performance is, going to be something that you know i don't want to say steve we're coming for you because no we're staying in our own lane we're focused on ourselves but for the fans this is going to be this is going to be a great season to watch i can guarantee you that is exactly right uh janet enders checking in saying hello to you leah everybody saying what's Hi. up uh very cool all right the ap story that kind of broke the news to the world about the the two of you like this racing couple and everything opined at the very end about valentine's day for tony <laughs> since it is also daytona 500 week and everybody is super excited had the uh the bush clash uh yesterday on the road course a lot of road course racing very fun and if you're a fan of racing as we all are on wfo radio Super excited. By the way, everybody join our fantasy league. You can find out information on the website. But the article was like, what's up for Valentine's Day? So why don't you tell us if you're okay with that? What's up for Valentine's Day? Where are you going to be? Well, when he got back from doing the interview with Jenna Fryer, he goes, you're going to, he's like, I think you're going to be mad at me. I go, why? He goes, well, I didn't know what to say about Valentine's Day. We'd already talked about it. Of, It's fine. Like, I was looking forward to being in Havasu. I knew he was going to be at the 500 and, and commentating and all that. But then it, that the way the schedules work out is like seven days of not being together. So I, I'm taking off the time that I have here and going on the road with him to Charlotte and Daytona. And that's it. We don't have any plans because he's working on that day. I'd like to see um, his Hall of Fame in, in Charlotte as he was an inductee last year. And it, Daytona is a very special spot for us. So it kind of marks like a one year and it's, it's a place we went on our first date. 
So I think just being in the city and the town and riding Harleys around um, would be just good enough. So that's our, that's our plan. Real big stuff. <laughs> well, but you're a racer and that's the thing. It's like, what do you want to do on Valentine's day? I want to be involved in something that has something to do with the advancement of racing because that's yeah. your life and his life and my life and all of our lives and the fans out there watching on Facebook and YouTube. Like we love the fact that racers are doing something around racing. And this is almost like the start of the year and a holiday for us to, to know that there's action in Daytona. It means to me, the Gator nationals are right around the corner and we're going to get racing and you're going to be going fast 330 miles per hour. Leah, thank you so much. You devoted so much time to us here today on WFO radio. I can't wait to see you back out there. Of course, I'll be in Gainesville for the Gator nationals and you know, good luck with the test. Have fun this weekend. Thank you for sharing all this great stuff. And uh, I, I'm really excited about the factory stock showdown car, by the way, because after all, I am a door slammer guy. But um, just good luck to you and your team. And I, I wish you the best. Thank you. Appreciate it. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And of course, all season long, follow shoe racing myself. There's a couple new Instagram accounts dedicated to Mopar drag racing. And uh, man, if we can see you at the track, please say hey. And I just want to say thank you to everybody. And man, rock on. Let's go racing. <laughs> Rock on. Let's go racing. Yes, that is uh, definitely something to live by here in 21. Thank you, Leah. And I'll see you at the track in a few weeks. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, guys. Leah Pruitt with us here on WFO Radio. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, the audio podcast, and right here on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and all the different places you can get our show in our WFO Radio Facebook group. And how great was that? And, you know, Leah... It's funny, like Leah and I first spoke the first time ever at Palm Beach, like years ago at the test. And I think she was driving for the dotes at the time. And I had heard of her, but the intensity with which she chases this drag racing dream, I don't want to say it's unrivaled because there are a lot of people out there that are very intense about their drag racing, but she has broken through every barrier that has been placed in her way unfortunate challenges. Oh, the big opportunity. Oh, the big opportunity is gone. Oh, does she stop? She doesn't stop. She finds a way to improvise, adapt, and overcome. And the fact that she has been able to become one of our sports most marketable, most well-known and personable drivers who runs the factory stock showdown category, who develops cars for Dodge and Mopar, that extends beyond drag racing. And it is so good for the sport. It's good for me. And it's good for shows like this, that she is a hustler and gets it done. And so uh, I wish her luck this year. And I thank her for coming on WFO radio. All right. Put your comments in the comments section here on the show. Before we get up on out of here, I do want to remind everybody, Ron Tobler is going to be on the show tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Longtime crew chief for the Napa Funny Car of Ron Caps is hanging up the crew uh, crew chiefing uh, clothes, the keyboard, man. That's what you hang up when you're a crew chief. And uh, Tobe going to be on the show, and we will probably have a glass of wine together to, you know, kind of just head on out the door. He's going to head out the dough, but he's got a bunch of stuff he's doing that he's going to tell us all about. And the thing about Tobler is he's drag racing for life, baby. There's no walking out on that. But let me tell you about the people who make this show possible. Talking about Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology, totalseal.com. Check out the Hidden Horsepower podcast. I create a podcast for them. And we're actually beginning to expand our podcast creation library. Uh, we're starting to talk with some other people who want podcasts created and WFO 
vein and uh, the Total Seal Hidden Horsepower podcast. I think a big reason for that. That thing is acclaimed. Also, samtech.edu. If you want to become a machinist, a crew chief, if you want to be part of the next generation and help literally carry this sport into the future, the folks at samtech.edu just have a great program down there. Houston, Texas. It's an education. Get it. Marvin Rodak, he's just a buddy, man. He's got coffee. He roasts coffee fresh per your order. Hot sauces, spice rub. He sells grills and outdoor kitchens down there in Fort Worth. But he'll send you bags of coffee. Uh, Nitro-themed coffee. Bang the blower. The WFO Radio Blend. 817-924-6821. Rodak's Coffee and Grills.com. And, of course, Leah mentioned it. I mentioned it. We talked about it. It is where you go when you want to become a future champion in the sport of drag racing. Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. But the program that they have that I like to promote is the Dragster Adventure because you as a citizen just show up with nothing, just the clothes on your back. He provides everything, the car, the helmet, the instruction, and you can spend the day driving dragsters with your buddies and beating them and bragging against them and all of that stuff. Go to frankhawley.com to find out more information. The next one is March 28th. And folks at Nitrofish, very helpful to us. And if you want a WFO radio face covering like this one, they're just 10 bucks. And then I throw in some WFO radio stickers and you're all good to go. Go to the website, wforadio.com. You can play with PayPal. You can pay with a credit card. You can send me some Bitcoin. No, you can't. That you can't do just yet. Sorry. The Dogecoin, is that real? Is that really Beanie Babies or what? And if you really don't want to spend any money except for the price of a stamp, I'll send you some stickers for free. Just send a self-addressed stamp envelope to P.O. Box 848353, Pembroke Pines, Florida, 33084. But you got to do the work, man. You got to do the work. How great was Leah? Let's see what the commenters have to say. The commenters. Let's see. Uh, Monica says, great interview. Yeah, she's great. Come on. She's one of the best out there. Uh... Fontaine says, hello. Hi, Kelly Klontz. I guess Kelly's out there somewhere too. Like, I love the fact that in our chat room during the show, everybody is connecting and interacting with each other. You can also do that in the WFO group. Uh, another great interview, Joe. Thank you very much. Love her attitude. I love her attitude also. Two of my favorite racers, Leah and Tony, looking forward to 21. It's got to be a challenge. Honestly, it's got to be a challenge to be in a public relationship. And both be famous in different ways, but I wish, I wish good luck. And you know, the, the world and life is short. If anything that we've learned out of this pandemic, it's that Scott, thank you very much for the kudos. I appreciate it. Monica as well. Very candid conversation. That's what WFO is all about, which is why you should subscribe or like, or click the bell or whatever you're doing, wherever you're watching, by the way, thank you for the awesome decals. Love them. Says Mark, the decals obviously came in. Yes. You know, some call them stickers. Drag racers call them decals. Right. And I really don't know what the definition of one to the next is stickers, decals, but yes, enjoy your decals, Mark. Love it. Another Mark. Love the show. Thank you for some of the greatest drag racing content. We are weekly. We are live. Yesterday had Angel jump on with Alan Reinhardt and myself. Tomorrow, Ron Tobler. We're going to keep on going. Love WFO Radio, says Keegan. Thank you very much. And uh, Greg, who I saw out there at Orlando Speed World calling the action on NHRA.TV this past weekend. WFO face coverings are the best. He was rocking one. That's how I know the fans, man. I see him in the face coverings. What's up, Greg? Thank you very much for doing that. And uh big supporter, Greg, like a Patreon, uh, going to send out Patreons, their special WFO radio t-shirts. She was fantastic. Absolutely. Let's see. Russell just says, awesome. Thank you, Russell. Time to board the ferry to Holland. 
I'll listen back on Apple Podcasts. Kev, a new Patreon. He's going to Holland. What are you going over there? What are you going to Holland for there, Kev? Huh? What's over there that you need to go to Holland? Huh? Yeah, Kev. Everybody wants to know what's in Holland, Kev. What are you doing over there, Kev? <laughs> huh? <laughs> like, uh, you know, I'm just wondering, Kev, what's in Holland? You know, if I was over there, Holland would be somewhere that I would go. Great show, Joe. Go for Joe. I don't know who that is, but I'm guessing they know that uh, that's Courtney's joke. And just ordered my WFO radio face covering. Great interview, says C5. Pete, thank you, Pete. Yeah, these face coverings, you need them. They, I just saw a push. They're recommending wearing like two or six uh, at the same time. And all I know is with the variants, I want to do whatever they tell me to do to go racing. What do I have to do to go racing? But this one is super comfy, man. It's super comfy. That's the thing everybody says. Working hard to pay for the race car. All right. All right. I tried to catch you there, Kev. No big deal. No big deal. I thought maybe you were going for like social reasons, for fun, for fun stuff over in Holland. I hear that there's fun stuff over there. Oh, Mama Selig is out there saying, what's up? What's up, Jay? Jay Selig is out there. Oh, there you go. Why is your name not coming up? Top fan, Courtney Enders out there. What's up, Courtney? Thank you for watching. Yeah. And the answer is the internet is imperfect. It's just an imperfect creation. It can be our best friend and our worst enemy. Uh, and some days it just works totally different than other days. Courtney, who is always able to post today, not so much. Who knows why? Who knows? And look at Max. Max says, hello. A very gene generic. Hello. Hello to you, Max. Hello. Great show, says Jeff. And that's a great place to end off on. And remember, 4 p.m. Eastern time, Ron Tobler tomorrow. Me and Tobes. Not going to, you know, it's not going to be a big happy hour thing. It's going to be more of a candid conversation, which is really what I wanted WFO Radio to be about. Ten years ago when we launched it, much prior to that, when I was on radio in Miami and on NASCAR radio, on satellite, real, genuine, candid conversations about the stuff that drives these people. To me, they're some of the most interesting people out there, as far as athletes go. And uh, I think we just had a great example of that. Thanks to the folks at DSR and Leah for coming on and sharing just all of that great information. Um, the archives are loaded. You can see Angel from yesterday. If you're watching on Facebook, just scroll down a little bit. YouTube, same deal. Alan Reinhardt, myself, Angel, talking about her being on a Vance and Hines Suzuki, four valve per cylinder Suzuki. Going to be very interesting. Ron Tobler tomorrow. And our archives are absolutely loaded with great interviews just like that. So to all of you folks who are watching WFO Radio for the first time, let's try to make it not your last time. And one final thing. We do an Ignition podcast. It's audio only. It's a podcast podcast. Entertainment, fun, comedy. It's called Ignition. It's in our feed. And we give all of our fantasy NASCAR information. So if you want your name on that trophy, created by Tom Patsis of Cold Hard Art, who was making trophies for WFO Joe long before he did anything for Alex Smith. Thank you very much, Alex, for all the publicity. But your name could be on that trophy if you win our Fantasy NASCAR League. You just got to sign up, drivergroupgame.com. All the information is on our Ignition podcast. Check it out. These guys love the archives. Everybody is stoked. And thank you to Leah once again for coming on the show. And we'll see you tomorrow. 4 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks to these great sponsors and everybody who supports our show. And we'll see you next time right here on WFO Radio. WFO! I love WFO Radio.
Subscribe to WFO Radio on iTunes. Never miss a show. And don't forget to write a review. WFO.